Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 437. This is your guide to the geek side. I am one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra, joined by Charlie Carden. I have survived Iowa State, Charlie. Ooh, that's where I'm going tomorrow. Iowa! Yes, no, uh, tomorrow we're recording this on a Saturday. Uh, April and I are getting in the car, and we decided we're going to see a little bit of America on our way to Star Trek Las Vegas, the huge con that has been going on for years that we're going to and going to experience that. But we're, we're adding some Star Trekking to it. We're going to Riverside, Iowa. It's our first stop tomorrow where they have that little James T. Kirk Museum because it's his fictional birthplace. And we'll go on from there, uh, be in Vegas, and then on our way home, coming back up through Indiana to Bloomington, Indiana, the fictional birthplace of Catherine Janeway, where they just recently installed a bust. Of Janeway, just there's you, Captain Kate sitting there with her coffee cup. I don't know if she has coffee cup, but uh, yeah, we're gonna see. We're going to Denver. I'm hoping to go to Mile High Comics, the world's biggest comic shop, which I've wanted to go to my entire life. Uh, April gets to see the Grand Canyon, so just a lot of exciting stuff. How many days are you in Vegas? Four days. Yeah, you got it. So anyway, well, enjoy. Yes, and I was just visiting Iowa State in the beautiful. Uh, countryside of Ames, <laughs> Iowa with my son for his visit. Um, 97 degrees with humidity is not a fun time doing anything mm, outside. So, um, yes. yes. So so if it's hot, uh, not fun, but uh, really fun campus there. Uh, so with that, yes, Charlie, um, we want to thank our patrons who make all this possible. But before we do that, we want to thank our writers and our actors who are striking. It is day 93 of the writer's strike and day 24 of the actor's strike um there's not much new to, to to talk about this but at this point um we are hearing that there are some like exceptions to the rule where there uh some productions are they're able to talk to like do casting and things like that so it's a little they're getting some exceptions to the rule which is fine i saw a um interview where a couple of actors were talking about a project i didn't realize it was a british production so mm. anything happening overseas potentially and if it's right. with that british actors, could say, be yeah. exempt to it so um sure. But, but at this point, um, we we are all for the writers and the, um, the 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 actors, and we have donated to the entertainment community um, organization. Do that if you want to support them, or find other ways to support them as right. well. If you live in New York and LA, get yourself out on that picket line. I'm sure they could use the company. Um, but yeah, uh, again. Moving from that, we'd love to talk about how much we love our Patreons. Do know you can visit patreon.com slash secretfriendsunite to get a free one-week trial of all of our great shows. Uh, and if you choose to stick around after that time, we would love it. But these are the folks who've been doing the sticking around since the get-go. We're talking about Jamie Prinky over on the Best Buds level, uh, BFF level, Sean, Stella, and Henry Nias, the Nias family, my great friend and contributor to the network, Missy Merchant, and her pal, Andy Milliken. We love you guys. Thank you for all you do. And Todd, this week's cover, it's an August cover date. So this is going back uh all 35 ish uh 37 years and uh boy it's funny this is not the only uh appearance of this character because i'm familiar with him but he appeared in this comic a lot so this is issue 37 of marvel premiere featuring 3d man that's right here it's a guy who is 
green on one side, except for his shorts and his and his hat, and red on the other side. But his gloves are mixed match, so it's kind of like that one episode of Star Trek where the guy was black on one side and right on the other side. It was Frank Gorshin was in it. But he is fighting. Uh, throw. Let's see. He's fighting a dude. The Cold Sub-Zero Warrior Man. Yeah, Sub Zero Man. He must be. British, if he's Cold Warrior Man, I'll tell well, you. Well, no, his his Sub Zero Sub Zero War uh, Sub Zero. Oh, I get it. Sub Zero Man is his real name. And they're fighting by the docks, clearly in New York City. Uh, 3D Man says, "Through all the cold blasts you want, Sub Zero Man. When you're through, spelled in the incorrect fashion, but thanks to comics, this is how I tend to spell this word. Uh, I'm going to smash you into a hundred a mi- hundred million popsicles. That is a lot. Uh, Marvel's greatest." 1950s superhero face and now does that mean it took place in the 1950s i i think it did i think i think um, it was it was retro yeah this is an odd one charlie so 3d man premiered in marvel premiere uh volume one uh issue 35 so this there is there you go yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah yeah third appearance this is like third issue right. and they right. said he's a hero of the 50s but um he, he maybe maybe, the, the, maybe sub-zero put him on ice yeah, he became so. Yeah, he was basically says he was uh, came through the unique merger of two brothers, Hal and Chuck Chandler. Chuck was a test pilot for NASA in 1958, who was abducted by alien scrolls during an important test flight. Uh, alien was, scrolls, not, not Earth, the terrestrial ones. Correct. Earth was seen as a strategic location uh, in an ongoing conflict between the the, the Kree and the scrolls. So essentially, you there. so it's yeah. essentially the two characters were the two brothers were combined in the 50s but once again never didn't actually appear and do anything in the 50s as a hero so yeah. i don't know this kind of reminds me of century like it's like oh he was a 50s hero not really yeah did he you actually didn't in? do anything until the 70s i was gonna say yeah i did so anyway i i did have issue 35 so i was on the ground floor with this character and i don't know in current parlance, when was the last time he was seen? But I feel like this is not the next great MCU project that you have to look forward to. It's not it's not the latest, greatest thing. But we brought it to you here. Um, this the existence of this comic on Marvel Unlimited, it's possible. Um, but add us over on Twitter and let us know if you know anything about 3D Man and his fate uh at Secret Friends You over on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. But uh as we as we tend to move along somebody else who was uh going through a midlife crisis in particular in the 1950s i'm talking about our senior news correspondent madam webb currently down at the sweltering heat at the corner of hollywood and vine with the latest scoops for us let's go now it's time for madam webb's rumors and news take it away boys Thank you, Madam Webb. Oh, Madam Webb, uh, 3D pictures. I believe you were in a few of those. 3D man uh, might have taken you to date and he allowed you to use his 3D goggles. Um, you apparently did not uh, take kindly to that advance. Boom. Punched him in his face and now he can only see in 1D. I thought it made him 4D, man, because he was seeing those birds going. I don't know. It's totally crazy. All right. What do we got this week? We kick it off with the trailer. I saw this one before Oppenheimer, which I'm like, okay, (laughs) but this is nuts, man. This is a, uh, you know, kind of extending out the uh, tradition of uh, sequels that you didn't know you needed. Uh, This is a sequel to The Exorcist starring 
Ellen Burstyn as the mother of Linda Blair's character. Looks like it's set in present day uh, to uh, two you know, young girls who are friends that uh, go into school one day. I love it how they go into school one day in this trailer and the school's like, well, here's footage of them disappearing. Whoops. <laughs> they were cool. gone. They were gone. They were missing. Uh, they, they didn't go back yeah. to second second period. And well, you know, we said, you yeah. know, it's the next day. So we're calling you. But yeah, these girls obviously get possessed by the devil. And uh, it's obviously you're getting, you know, vibes of the first film. And then Ellen Burson comes in as the the exorcist and things just get progressively worse. So we had uh, uh, who do we have? We had Leslie Odom is, uh, I think, the dad. He, yeah, he's yeah. the dad. Other because they're two two parents. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this is creepy, man. Double trouble. I mean, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, this is obviously tilting uh, towards October spooky season, uh, which, Todd, you're a big fan. April and I love going to, you know, the movies uh, in general, but definitely uh, during this time. So this should be uh, this should be a barn burner, hopefully not literally. Um, but yeah, it looks very exciting. Yeah. Uh, so this is going to be an interesting one, Charlie, because The Exorcist obviously is like one of the what people would say one of the pinnacle, you know, horror films of all time. Yeah. yeah. It still scares the crap out of people took the nation over so many iconic scenes. And it's cool that Ellen Beerston is coming back. I mean, the fact that she's around, I mean, this, I mean, 1973 is when the Exorcist came out. So we're talking yeah. 60, uh, no, no, 50, 60, 50 years. There you go. Math, I don't want to feel too old. Oh my math, God. Math, but, yeah. Cause we were born in the seventies. So be careful there, <laughs> but 50 years and she was playing a mother at the time. So I'm like, yeah. that's, that's amazing. Now and she's, with, now she's great grand Nana. Uh, exactly. doing and, and the exorcist had two sequels, I believe there right. was, um, and, right. and no one really stuck around, um, for those. And so they were, you know, I mean, I think, I think the way it went was it was called the beginning and dominion, um, mm -hmm. which was interesting. Those were later sequels. We had a TV series in 2016, which I heard was good. It was on Fox. Um, yeah. and then they made some direct sequels. So this is the direct sequel trilogy, Charlie. So this oh is essentially God. saying, we don't have anything after the first movie kind of like like Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Like which, Halloween. Yeah. They, they flushed it, which is funny. You might, you might mention that the director from Halloween 2018 is behind this. Well, really? I guess he has found his kind of found his lay motif. Good for yes. him. Yeah. Yes. But we know what happened with that series. The first movie we loved the yeah. other movies. We did not. It's what they call too much of a lukewarm thing. <laughs> Lots, we of weird things. Lots yeah, of weird so, things. Yes. So hopefully if this follows that pattern, uh, this will be great. And then they'll just say, you know what? Wash our hands. We'll do the dust like Roman from uh, uh, Fast and Furious. Oh, I just talked about that. Yeah. That, talk about the worst. <laughs> why that movie is probably the worst movie I ever saw. It's like Pete Davidson being a weird tracker. And then Han and or no, not Han, but um, uh, the, the fight between uh, yeah. those characters. Ro Roman so and uh, and the, the other rap guy. So, yeah. Luda. Yeah. Yeah. There we yeah. go. All right. But, well, but we're it's, not, we, but it's, we don't need to dig too deep into that again. <laughs> yeah. No. But this is by Blumhouse and they do good yeah. stuff. So this is yeah, really absolutely. cool. And this brought back those those the 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 notes you know with the extras the tubular bells they yeah. held back on it until the very end which i thought was great right good stuff all right i'm engaged uh, definitely will be a poltergeist uh not uh, exorcist rewatch before this happens so okay uh wrap up next story san diego comic-con awards season uh the the eisner awards uh were revealed at san diego comic-con so todd 
You're the you're the guy. Walk us through it. What do we got? Yes. So the Eisners are the Oscars of comics, which is great. It's great to honor these great books that uh, we may not all be reading, but it's good to know what's good, and then we can check it out. Uh, So at this point, um, they do do basically like an award show for that, and it was a big year for DC with titles like Nightwing, Batman One Bad Day, The Riddler, and The Human Target winning in major characters. We read The the, the Human Target, Charlie. We love that. Yes, he was. So so Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo's Nightwing won the award for Best Continuing Series, uh, and Redondo also taking home for the best cover artist award um, tom king mitch garrett's batman one bad day the riddler yep. uh, won best single issue one shot which i love one shots king and greg smallwood's the human target won best limited series and smallwood also won best pencer pencer penciler and Pen- anchor pencilor exactly the late <laughs> kevin conroy also became a posthumous eisner winner Wow. As his and Jay Bones finding Batman one best short story. Another big wins, James Tinian, the fourth, one best writer, Chip Zdarsky's public domain, one best new series. Oh, yeah. Kate Beaton's Ducks two year in the oil sands, one best graphic novel. Um, and let's see anything else that stuck out to me um, uh, going through this. Yeah, uh, it's an adaptation. Uh, Chivalry by Neil Gaiman. He's a big name. Um, yeah, we're kind of getting to the weeds after this. Oh, I saw one thing that grabbed my eye. I remember uh, Mo Williams, the Pigeon series. Pigeon will ride the roller coaster. I, remember, I don't know how that came to be. It was obviously when my kids were young, but I remember mm-hmm. that was pretty yeah. good. So it was good to see that. But yeah, that's uh, that's good. And, you know, amid a, um, you know, a year where, you know, San Diego Comic-Con was kind of all over the place because it was a departure from the norm uh, because of the absence of, you know, television personalities and me you know and, and actors and so on and so forth um so yeah this was this was pretty it's, it's pretty cool to see this so yeah and, yep. and i was just looking at there's some other things here one thing that i would say we already talked about on spinner rack uh was uh it was best um looking at the title uh going back up here it was basically best reprinted work which okay. was great because it's good things get things get out of print yeah, yeah. um and it was um going back to parker uh the hunter Ooh. that we read so cool series yeah great series yeah uh which was awesome uh you know cover artists uh, painters there's so many categories here that I would feel dumb to go through a lot of these because a lot of these we haven't read but i will look through this list again just to make sure um in the future just to see if there's anything we should check out right uh, and get into yeah that parker uh uh edition is called the martini edition last call and that's mm. pretty cool yeah there's, nice. there's web comics digital comics like uh barnstormers is a, a series that i actually i'd like to check out charlie with us on uh spin rack and that yeah. is a, a comic solid original by scott mm. snyder so Ooh, nice Ooh, scott snyder. So, yeah so it's it's kind of a throwback so uh I'll share the link in the, the podcast uh, notes so you can check yeah. that out and nice. see the ones that might be like, oh, I should check that out. But uh, kudos to DC uh, yes. for doing great this year. Um, and I will definitely want to check out that Nightwing series because I've heard good things. I like it. All right, moving on. Uh, this is some cool news for me. But again, you know, you read news like this and everything is very bittersweet because you're like, oh, this is in development. This is blah, blah. But we're going to talk about... Um, 
an actor very near and dear to my heart. Um, April and I, uh, sidebar, April and I finished watching The Office, and we've moved on to watching Community, which is a blast. Well, Community was the sitcom on NBC, I think, or one of the nets, that launched mm-hmm. the career of Donald Glover, who became Childish Gambino, and he was been in Atlanta, and he's been in a lot of great movies, including uh, Solo, a solo, Star Wars solo, solo movie. Um, and he was absolutely the best part as a young Lando Calrissian. Well, now the word is that he and his brother, Stephen Glover have signed on to write a Disney Plus series about Lando Calrissian. Um, the deal was reached prior to the WGA strike, which is obviously why we're talking about it. Um, so this project is in lockdown uh, and hopefully will be returned to once that is actually possible. Oh, it's funny to see this picture of them side by side because they kind of look alike, but they kind of look absolutely nothing alike, like brothers usually do. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's great. I, I enjoy him, I, and I enjoyed his portrayal of the character the same way I enjoyed, you know, Alden's portrayal of uh, of Han Solo. I think that movie catches a lot of guff uh, that it shouldn't just because it wasn't a mega hit. And it's funny, that was five years ago. It was in 20, the summer of 2018. Um, and what's been defined as a mega hit just plummeted during COVID. You know what I mean? And so much so that what a mega hit now is, it, it, box office standard is is almost completely undefinable because we have big bloated budgets, which deliver big bloated failures like The Flash or sadly Indiana Jones. And then you get a modest hit uh, or uh, uh, something with a modest budget like Barbie, which is now a, an international smash right around $750 million globally and, and on its way to a billion, which is really great if I would have rated it higher in our summer movie challenge. I had it as number eight. Todd, yours was a little lower than that. So because we just didn't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting uh, approach to these, these, these projects. Right. Um, I liked the performance of the people in solo yeah i didn't love the movie i thought the movie was too much like wikipedia the movie wikipedia, yeah i guess you it, was, it was it was like, yeah, easter egg the movie hey look it's this thing look, hey look it's that sh- thing you don't have to show me everything we already know about him we right. know all these things about him show me things that we didn't and have fun with it so right um i loved his uh his his um I love Donald, uh, you know, his take on the role of Lando. Lando has stories to tell, and that's what I want to see. I don't want just to know everything we know about Lando just shown on screen. Show us things we don't know. What's my line? I don't need to know what Lando had for breakfast three days after the end of The Empire Strikes Back. Especially if you already told us. Why he's wearing Han's clothes. Exactly. Uh, It would be great if they told him. He just went into Han's locker the same way you saw Lando's cape closet when he owned the Millennium Falcon. And I don't want to know that he has a relationship with his robot or his his ship's computer. To me, that is just like the most ridiculous in the world. Where where does the disk drive go? (laughs) Exactly. But I think getting creative people on these projects, making quality Star Wars projects really moves the bar, not more. But making him really well done. And um, I didn't realize Donald's brother was um, a creative uh, contributor. I didn't know anything about him. It does say in this article that no actual writing has taken place. Uh, so after the uh, writer strike, they can. yeah, no, yeah. I just no. I, prior to the writer strike, yeah. they hadn't done any work. It just it, they had been talking it's about a deal. it. I, it was a deal. Um, so I would imagine once the writer strike ends, you're looking at another two years uh, at minimum before you see anything like this. So we could be looking at this in 26, 27. I, I'm down. I mean, it's not like he can't still play the role. So I think that'd be pretty sweet. Well, we'll see what Bob Disney does because you know he at this point he's in a cost cutting mood. So yeah. he may say, uh, yeah, thanks, that- Johnny. Uh, 
uh, we're going to bring you back to voice a Lego yeah. uh, Star Wars movie. We would like you to be Lego uh, Lando Calrissian. Speaking of cuts and disla- dis- uh, cuts and displays, dismays uh, over at uh, so Bill Sony. Let, let's just start naming all CEOs. Give him a generic guy's name and then the name of the company. So Bill Sony has said that uh, Spider Man Beyond the Spider Verse and Craven the Hunter, boo hoo, so sad, uh, have been delayed. I did read that Beyond the Spider Verse now has no release date, and that <laughs> Craven the Hunter will be in uh, later in 2024. So let's see, even according to the Hollywood Reporter, uh, Beyond the Spider Verse had been set for March 24th last year, is now without a release date. So that sucks because we all loved it uh, i actually bought that one uh, I, I did pre-order that one and have not gone back to it but i definitely will uh craven set for october 6th this year don't care will now arrive in august of next year so now it will not be a you know kind of fourth quarter halloween halloween horror kind of film but uh judged uh, based upon how we really didn't enjoy the trailer that doesn't really break me up um the studio has a new karate kid movie Reloading, uh, relocating from the strike from uh, June of next year to December of next year. And these will simply continue because how can they have dates for content that cannot be made because it, yeah. it nothing rolled on it. So yeah, whatever is in the, in the effective can now, that's what you're going to get. And you may still end up getting it in a less than ideal format because there were, there were no writers to, you know, do punch-ups or polish on it. So they just kind of had to roll with whatever. Uh, but yeah, anything that was um, not in the can. Oh, 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 they talk about our own Madam Web here. Moving in the other, other direction, she'll now open on Valentine's Day. Of course. It says 2023. I know they mean 2024 since we're in 2023, and that was months ago. Um, so we're still going to get this movie. Uh, the next Ghostbusters film slated for December 20 of this year is now March 29 of next year so they're still releasing things but again much like with our, our pal donald glover and her his his nascent you know lando project um pay these writers so we, they can have a living wage and we can have an entertainment industry again because right now we're getting reality shows and soap operas and um you know uh, british crime dramas that's all we're gonna have and stuff re-released from streamers on networks Absolutely. Which, which means nothing to me because I don't, I don't have networks. So yeah, uh, WGA, SAG-AFTRA, uh, give those people, give those lovely people every friggin' nickel because the entertainment industry uh, this time next year is going to be a wasteland. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And some of this is for the good, but obviously there's no work done on these movies to make them better before they launch. So this is just moving the the puzzle pieces around the, the chessboard right. to do this. Um, the Karate Kid one is interesting because I don't think we know anything about that movie yet. And uh, that's going to now be uh, a December movie. Who wants to hear Karate Kid in December? They really need to work on their releases anyways as we're learning yeah. Mission Impossible is one that would say, you probably should have put me in the end of mid to end of August, because there's no movies coming out. Do I really right. need to be in the summer box office bus? Yeah. I mean, August out of the fray. August is such a weird quagmire because we did have, and granted it was the end of 2021 when there was a really weird box office season, but Shang-Chi came out over Labor Day weekend and 
almost was the biggest movie of this Absolutely. summer. Absolutely. Yeah. It did great yeah. because people, not everybody goes away. Um, people want things to watch, especially if it's good. And right. that was at a time when Marvel was on top of the world yeah. and I uh, had nothing on Disney Plus yet because Disney Plus didn't exist. Right. I would say in this in this lens, uh, Karate Kid movie would probably benefit after Cobra Kai is over sure. because yeah. then you want to build up that desire to see something right. um, that's related to it. Don't know how they're going to pull it off, but um, right. We'll see how this goes. Uh, the Ghostbusters movie, uh, you know, I don't know if it's a great window for that, how it's going to go, but I would say fall is always a good guess, you know? Yeah, September. that was, I, I know the, the prior film came out in fourth quarter. That was a year end film last yes, year. It was November, and I yeah. watched oh, it. 21. No, it was, it was yeah, I, yeah, I watched that uh, when I was in Michigan with the family. It was a yeah. Thanksgiving movie. So, yeah. kind of a weird thing. Maybe but making it, a September but, movie might make yeah. more sense. But it was very successful. So anyway, uh, you can absolutely count on a buttload more of these to come your way, uh, and we will tell you all about them. So anyway, moving on to something that came out and is actually successful, and we file this under uh, no S Sherlock <laughs> because you expected this was going to happen. Um, with the ridiculous success of Barbie, um, like I said, uh, was expected to pull $90 million domestically in its second weekend, which is pretty nuts. It's only a drop of like 30 to 40%, which is really good. You know, I mean, that that's that's really, it's usually a lot steeper. But uh, Mattel execs are uh, next on their big old Hollywood moves. Barney, which we talked about in a previous episode, Polly Pocket, Shrug My Shoulders. Uh, and I think they're talking about upwards of 45, oh, excuse me, 14 Mattel properties are in active development, which means there's probably another 30 that we talked about that are that are still being done. Oh boy, Thomas and Friends. I grew up with Thomas and Friends with my kids. So I might almost go see that one by myself just to, just out of my own Thomas nostalgia. Is that going to be live action? Is, it turned, is Thomas going to like turn into a dude? Is he going oh. to be Thomas Middleditch? I think he'd make well, a great Thomas. It's so weird, Charlie, because if you look at this list and and I, I do want to call out the fact that, um, yes, you, you, you want to duplicate – success yeah. we've tried this before um yeah. it was it was funny the reason why i put the uh, and i and in the title of this article i put saw patrol so it's like thinking about how you combine things to make a big weekend so somebody said how about we take saw and paw patrol and make it saw patrol i'm like that doesn't work because please, i please, please don't <clears throat> yes because saw x is coming out which is so weird is it saw 10 yeah saw Ooh, x, whatever saw the fast and the furious i want vin diesel in that movie and he's the first one who gets well by the way charles you aware of saw x is kind of like a mid quill between saw one and saw two Okay, it's so they go, they're going back to when Tobin Bell is still around. Exactly. Harry Elways was because he was the star of the first one. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So well, there the, we last, go. the last Saw movie, not the one with Chris Rock, which I didn't see, but the one before oh, that was a uh, in-between quill because it was like it was very similar. It was maybe it was between two and three or something. I, I don't you know what? You got to get a big flow chart with the Saw movies um, because like the Fast and Furious, they're still trying to convince us that Brian played by the late Paul Walker is still a character who's alive. They really, really work hard at that. 
Correct. And it's like, why is he not hanging out? Because, you know, Brian is living his best life. He's, he's taking care of the kids. He's in the minivan. He's in Everybody the, else could die, but he's living his best life because, you know, Brian, we can't bother Brian. Yeah. Brian, Brian's doing all the but he's he's at the grocery store. He's picking the kids up from soccer practice. He's doing all the dad stuff while we're driving. He's cars working on himself, up. folks. He's working. Yeah, on himself. I appreciate. But, you know what? Yeah, we all should do that. So exactly. anyway, yeah, this yeah. is not at all surprising. You strike while the iron is hot um let's see here you know uh for the rest of their slate other toy lines right for franchises like masters of the universe you think we could go back to the well with the masters of the universe film they were talking about that recently on uh uh weekly either weekly planner to do go on one of the podcasts i listen to and i realized i don't know that i've watched that entire movie before but the the, the backstory of it was absolutely hilarious um, oh you go to earth because you can't afford the budget of a alien planet which right would, you know, quite honestly the alien planet probably could have looked like uh the middle of nowhere it, australia that, it would be in that one park where they always film things in la that has that one big, that one big tree that i'm very familiar with exactly it yeah it, and they were cheap they went to a mall courtney cox and uh tom, tom paris, paris. Yep. yeah taking out gwildor and all those characters you never saw it's kind of like yeah, it was frank like, langella yeah it was a live action version of transformers we like we just need to swap out all these old characters and bring in the new ones because it brought in all the characters in that damn movie were characters nobody ever heard of and didn't uh-huh. care about even it's like okay who's the pirate with one eye who's this guy who's that Pirator. guy like, where's beast man where's merman where's skunk oh or where i mean where's Stinkor? where's all these guys you know no, i saw that. i was in a walmart this we worked through the clearance aisle and i saw buzz off and almost picked him up because that was a character buzz i off. i love buzz for, off no, I, it was like and it was like five bucks yep. or something. i really should have missed opportunity exactly so i'm just going to go through these really quick clearly so barney we talked about that project with daniel kaluuya so that's going to be yeah. a weird one uh Polly pocket uh that's gonna have lena dunham yeah they show uh, they show yeah. a picture of her in here and wow she really looks different that's on uh, Polly pocket's such a niche thing for girls that's like in humanoids or or, or something like that, that i'm like <laughs> is it gonna so really have a following like sectors or the silverhawks yeah. Yeah. exactly uh centurions or you know hologram warriors whatever it was called hot wheels uh jj abrams has been attached to that i mean why not oh my it's, it's cars wow. um rock'em sock'em robots starring vin diesel with writer ryan ingle no just make a real that, steel too that's gonna be a no for me dog oh yeah. yeah yeah i was gonna say anything with vin diesel his 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 train has sailed as far as yeah. I understand. american yeah. girl supposed to be a comedy Okay, I'd rather have the SNL sketch. Uh, we move on. Magic 8-Ball, we talked about that. It right. works for a horror film. Why not? Oh, yes. I, f- I finally remember the gig. It's a, a guy, and in this case, they put a mega head on top of him, looking down and saying, Magic 8-Ball, and am I stupid? And he's holding a bowling ball. That was the that was the punchline I couldn't remember. There you go. Uh, Major <laughs> Matt Mason. Apparently, this was a right. uh, character who was a uh, astronaut starring Tom Hanks, written by Akiva Goldsmith and Michael Shabazz. Bon? Oh, Michael Shaban, who wrote Picard? Oh, he wrote a lot of other things. Talented yeah, guy, wild. but I mean, like, yeah. we're, we're doing that with beat. this series. An Uno series, Charlie, written by Marcy Kelly. Marcy Kelly. Mm. Uh, Wishbone, the dog movie uh, with Peter Farrelly, so a comedy about oh, he solves historical... Like he recreates yeah. novels um, as, as dogs. Yeah. Matchbox movie, which probably wholly different than Hot Wheels. Well, by, uh, that's going to be the dichotomy. It's probably like Marvel and DC, or it's like the Transformers and the GoBots, right? Matchbox is like the, the more realistic, and Hot Wheels was like, hey, let's put wheels on a coffin and call it a car. 
<laughs> people are, pe- people are dying for this ride. Exactly. Yeah, or or all the ones like it's here's the Spider-Man car. Here's the here's the the Punisher, you know, SUV. I don't know. Here's the like here's it. the Fantastic Four van. Van <laughs> with no windows. Exactly. The Punisher, the Punisher van down by the river. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, but just getting back to your Thomas and friends, Charlie. Mark Forster is the director. He was behind World War Z and Monster Ball. Really? Is that who you oh, want? Oh God! So it's gonna be uh, Thomas in a post-apocalyptic island of Sodor. Death train. Uh, <laughs> Death train. The, the the train that couldn't slow down. Exactly. Uh, yes, I, I will. I will watch it with irony. So anyway, yes. oh, um, oh no, Charlie, we can't wrap this up because you asked this question on Twitter. Okay. Okay. And one of the okay. projects we saw was Christmas balloon. You're like, what is Christmas balloon? What? Okay. Is yes, that is that something? Go. Is that like an eight balls that about heroin? Tell me nope. the truth. No. So it is not based on a toy line but it's about a young girl's dream comes true after she tied her christmas lift to a balloon that was found by a grieving couple who worked with a toy company to fulfill the girl's wishes so a real story very hard oh, story okay about a girl yeah who 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 had uh had tr- uh, you know tragedy about a little girl who was looking to like her wish was she wasn't you know maybe it wasn't getting a christmas teacher this yeah. grieving couple helped her find you know solve her christmas problem so it's it's very cute but it was so weird when you said christmas loom like I don't know what Christmas balloon yeah, is it's either. Just, is, is it a like a maybe it's a heart heart surgery blown up a balloon in somebody's heart triple bypass? I mean, it, you go in a lot of different direction with that. Oh my goodness! Well, anyway, again, it's all pie in the sky because nothing is being written or filmed. So uh, we'll uh, we'll keep talking about it. So anyway, that is the end of the news. We're gonna uh, bid adieu to Madam Web. Time to get out that Fuber app, that feeble Uber app. We'd ask Madam Web to drive, but she hasn't had a driver's license since President Taft. Uh, but we got to get down to Skugtown, Nastyville. The geek easy awaits. So let's go. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting the Geek Easy, cover band's playing, drinks are poured, and we are getting our nerd on. So, Charlie, I watched a new movie on Netflix. It's called They Cloned Tyrone. And this one is actually in theaters, too, because I, I, oh, saw, I saw a poster for it uh, Interesting. Uh, over probably the last couple of months. It's right outside uh, theater one at the, the biggest theater at the celebration north where we go there's a poster right outside so i'm like oh they, and then i see that it's on netflix so i'm like that's a weird strategy but whatever yeah netflix has done that they put like things out for a little bit i and and people were expecting them to do that like put a movie out and then bring it on streaming three months later because right. it's not like people won't watch it and you can make some money right. uh, and it would actually make theater owners very happy so this movie uh was just released uh in well, it says it was in theaters like in June. Came okay. out July, uh, July twenty first. So I think it was released theaters first, then July. So well, I just I watched it. I don't, I don't remember seeing it on the yeah. charts at all. So obviously, no. releasing it on streaming was the right move because at least it's getting eyes on exactly. it. Exactly, yeah. and I saw no advertising for this outside of on yeah. Netflix. It's coming, but this was a really kind of a cool movie it was a more of a genre type movie where you got john boyega uh jamie fox and tayona paris who i don't know if i've ever seen or anything but she was tayona paris is um the the third miss marvel oh okay she's great yeah she's uh she's a photon or yeah she's photon yeah well it was hard to tell because she was playing a prostitute in this (laughs) 
So she put her all into this one. Different hair, not the the afro. Yeah, different look. Yeah, different look. And she was great in this. And it was essentially the setup was um, uh, Jamie Foxx was a pimp. uh, John Boyega was a drug dealer. And Tiana uh, Paris was a prostitute. Fantastic cast of people. Exactly. This was a horror horror sci-fi comedy is the best way to put it and i really enjoyed this i like the tone it set and this is all about i want to give it away thing but basically john boyega is living his life he's not really happy and one day he ends up getting killed and uh hit essentially it's tyrone so it wasn't tyrone biggums no 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 and his name he goes by fontaine but his name is tyrone fontaine he goes by fontaine and he is killed and he wakes up the next day totally fine nothing's wrong and everybody's like uh you got killed we saw six bullets in your body what happened and it basically goes down the rabbit hole of we find out there is more going on government conspiracy uh but that you come to the yard for these three characters and their uh relationships and jamie fox i'm not a big jamie fox fan but him as a pimp charlie holy crap we're talking like oh he's totally going on the player haters ball he's all in the the pimp hand is strong you're trying to tell he's hilarious this is r-rated it's not got like nudity but a lot of f-bombs dropping a lot of b-words dropping you know you you gotta be like uh into the mode of this but i like where they went um and there is a guest star that is not known that doesn't show up late in this game kind of cameo kind was, of big, big blowout well, kind of more of a cameo and it was yeah. really great i think you would enjoy this i think On you Netflix, would really I- enjoy this movie charlie i liked it a lot i thought it was great um and it leaves the end of the this movie and and this is the rare netflix that has a post-credit scene which i wasn't expecting oh. i stuck around like oh they're doing this so i think it was really well worth the journey um, it's very cool. It's almost like a black, uh, like a Black Mirror type of thing. Oh. It's two hours long. It's on Netflix. Uh, I really <laughs> liked it. And you know what absolutely drives me nuts about Netflix? Because you know I travel and I have a travel Roku that I, I'm able to watch programming stuff. Netflix with their dialing back the screens and everything. In order to use I Netflix to from a separate, no, 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 that's not it. Nope. From a separate device, you have to plug it in with your home IP address in order to be able to use it on the road. It's a huge, and I I refuse. That is, I never think of it. It's a huge hat on principle alone. I just don't use Netflix when I'm on the road, which is a bummer because I, they have a lot of, I love to watch stand up. They have a ton of stand up, but I can't watch it because I can't use it because I'm not at home, nor did I blah, blah. So Netflix, get you know, get your, get your stuff. It's it's weird when I was here, if I didn't have that problem, I could watch Netflix overseas, obviously, and do that and i was just watching it a device i was just watching yeah you know, and TV. that and that maybe may be a fairly, might be better just to watch it on tablet or, that's or maybe a, yeah I, I don't know that that would make a ton of difference but anyway uh that's what i'm not but yeah this this sounds like fun uh yeah, and, you know, like great movie I, I, uh I, yeah. I mean it's hit or miss for some people and i think it at its best when these three characters are together so yeah they uh, they clone tyrone and there is a great erica badu song you know they you know gotta call tyrone they she sang this and did a version with a clone tyrone i'm like erica badu you are a you know people love beyonce i would take a uh jill um uh jill scott Jill Scott, Jill Scott or, Badu, a, or a, uh, a Janelle Monet. I would take yeah. any of those over Beyonce because I think they just are just 
singing for the pleasure versus for the profit. So right. I, I, I thought it was great. So that, that's uh, why none, that's why none of them are Queen Bay. But uh, yes. yeah. So and we had we had a big finale this week. Oh, Charlie. Yes, we did. Uh, talk about uh, Marvel being at a nader. And now people are saying that Disney Plus has killed Marvel. That is a lot of overkill, I think. But I think yeah. there are lessons learned that um, you took the hottest series in the world. You diluted it by giving everybody a series, having series that you milked you, out. You overwatered the plant. Marvel was a plant, and you decided to turn the fire hose on. Yeah, there are yeah. a few good series on uh, yeah. MCU series on Disney Plus, but I would say those are the exception yeah. rather than the rule. And this series took six episodes to finally have something happen to have a big to even have a big superhero punch out yeah so spoilers we're gonna go spoilers we're gonna go into this so um it's out now so check it out if you haven't and if you haven't watched it at this point you probably won't because you probably don't care because you probably didn't really even realize this thing was out right Um, so charlie um we essentially have got a new I guess status quo when it comes to the scrolls that they are outed. The yeah. president says we're going to kill them all. Yeah. Uh, Gaia, who is uh, Nick Fury or Talos's daughter, who now is essentially a super, 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 super scroll. Super, yeah, she's like to the nth degree because of her finally her final slug out with Benadir Kingsley's character, who is uh, Gravik. So the villain that we've been following this whole time, the the series concludes, you know, not to, to cut through all the subterfuge like she's posing as Nick Fury, uh, but she reveals herself. They both get souped up by the machine that has processed DNA samples collected at the, 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 the Battle of Earth, which was the first time uh, mm-hmm. the, the battle at the end of Endgame was described as such. But um, both of them get imbued with powers of characters at that. So you see, you know, everything from Groot to Drax to the Hulk to Sp- I think Spider-Man maybe. I mean, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel was the big one. And then obviously yeah. this is a Captain Marvel kind of centric uh, storyline because of Nick Fury, Nick Fury being very yeah. central to the Captain Marvel storyline. And we know that we're going to see him in the Marvels, but um, yeah, this was a series that I think two out of the six episodes had anything interesting happen. There was the big shootout at the motorcade that happened in episode four. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had this big slug out at the end, but it was a very ugly, everything but the blue sky hole CGI slap fest. Um, and maybe not as high, it, it kind of was evocative of, of what people really hated about that, you know, third act of the flash with all the really, you know, kind of drilled down, not great looking CGI. Um, yeah, I don't know. This was, like you said, this was, uh, I don't know that Marvel is kissing the bottom of the tank, but they can see it because it's just, it's just not great. It was, yeah. it was just, it was not great. It was not, not terrible, but it was, it was kind of a C minus kind of TV series. You know what I mean? Yeah, and this was one I was really excited for because I thought, oh, they could do something cool with it. And, yeah, yeah. and they kind of did not honor Secret Invasion, the comic series, which I thought was one of the best Be- ones. Yeah, because you, your only uh, scroll who had been replaced forever and ever was Rhodey. And now there's Buzz saying, well, he got replaced after um, Civil War. That's yeah. when they're saying so he's been, uh, you know, in, in the blip notwithstanding. So he's been um, he's been a scroll that whole time. So. Um, even though they didn't come right out and, 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 
and totally say it, but yeah, uh, you know, in the 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 scroll road, he gets killed, and all of the the captured humans get released. Um, which is great to get released into the radiation that would kill. Let's exactly. get him out. Yeah, exactly. Killing Mercury and and yeah, and then yeah. we've got a million scrolls that are still unaccounted for. Right. Um, what does it mean? Uh, once again, the president said we were going to kill you if we find you. Then we've got Nick Fury essentially trying to make peace with the Kree with right. his wife Vara, who are going to try to find a peace with the Kree, right. who they're mortal enemies to find them a home planet. Uh, we could go from there. Um, and so the the new status quo is a little funky because now essentially the earth is going to try to kill. I and mean, we got a, we got a preview of kind of like there are, there are like vigilantes now killing people, whether yeah. they think scrolls or not. Right, which, it, there's, there's a big montage at the end with shoot ups that some scrolls are get killed, but another one is a press conference where they shoot this woman and she falls down and she's not a scroll. So it's exactly. like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's kind of, you know, vigilante justice. It, and then president Ritson, who's played by, uh, is, I always get my, the Dermot or the, the Dermot or the Mulroney, Dermot yeah. Mulroney, uh, is like, kill them all, get them off my planet. So, but you know that he's being replaced. Uh, by Harrison Ford as Thunderbolt Ross, who's going to be the president in Captain so America. So how the hell is all this stuff going to be handled? No I mean, clue. And you think you get to another Marvel series and it's like, oh, are they going to be talking about this? And this is what I worry. There's too many balls to be uh, yeah, you know, juggled. Just, and it's like, it, it, is it just going to be like, yeah. oh, you know, all those things where they're talking about killing all the scrolls and the yeah. paranoia. I'm like, ah, everybody's fine. Everybody's good. We'll be go. fine. We'll be good. It's no big deal. It's exactly. And- everybody's happy so yeah, yeah. i just um it, it's 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 a real bummer it, it's 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 a weird turn of events for uh where which started so strong with wandavision now where it's going to land we don't know with yeah. the next series we actually get right but it makes me think charlie it's it's somebody made a joke about the fact when you've got gaia taking on gravic and the thing and it seemed like they said this is the point where she hulk would come in and say we're not doing this are we but it actually happened because we I almost know. had that type of battle in She-Hulk and they yeah. made fun of it and we got yeah. it here. Right. And it's like, oh boy, Amelia Clark, man, I feel bad for her because she just cannot find a project that really that has l- helped that her lands. career. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, which is a, which point. is a shame. And then uh, uh, I would say the standout was definitely um olivia coleman who's oh with that, yeah, the, yeah and she's playing uh, uh one of the fallsworth which is uh you know the yeah. union jack mm-hmm. she'd be a descendant of that line which was in the invaders and it was basically yeah. your british st- style of captain america from back in world war ii yeah. so uh, so but yeah, mcu charlie we're getting next uh loki 2 but john well, yeah. majors is supposed to be in that are they just gonna push it again i don't like, know and you know, they're, 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 they can have a convicted yeah. felon or a freed man who now feels right. like he's been shunned by disney who yeah, knows? and then we we have you know looking back to the film, we have the Marvels, and then we have Captain America next year. We have something else earlier next year, don't we? Or is it Captain America the next thing going into twenty four? Yeah, and we're supposed to get that X Men series, the X Men ninety seven. Oh which yeah, no one or, has actually said anything about that. The Spider Man freshman year. When's that? I don't know when that's. I thought that that's was a problem. The- they announced yeah. all these things. They even talked about that funny part was like what we announced at uh, San Diego Comic Con last year, and then where they're all at, and it's like. We don't know. They're nowhere. They're they're out there. Yeah. So, oh, I don't know. Well, to decide the fate of it the other day. But anyway, uh, getting into time, I was actually did sample uh, something on Marvel to, uh, this week because uh, with my car, uh, Honda has 
uh, Apple CarPlay, which means it slaves uh, the apps directly into the little screen so I can uh, scroll about them. And one of them is Audible. And I've gone back and forth with Audible, but listening to an audio book um, when you're in and out of the car sometimes or even on a long drive can kind of be a, a struggle, but I do still try. But one of the ones uh, I pre-ordered is A Stitch in Time. That's Andy Robinson's Garrick novel from DS9. That's supposed to come out this week. Yep. But the one that I snagged was actually a dramatization of my favorite miniseries of all times, Marvel Superhero Secret Wars from 1984-1985. And I listened to what was essentially probably the first issue of a 12 issue series. And it's, it's kind of neat. It's funny. Cause they, they start out with the cast and it's a cast of like 25 people and they list all their names. So I'm like, when are they going to get done doing this? Um, but they start off telling the story. If you remember the opening, um, the opening sequence of that is that you have all the heroes in one dome ship, you have all the villains in another dome ship and it's all the entire story. You get the feeling is, kind of being told from the perspective of Steve Rogers. So it starts out doing it that way. Um, some of the voices are funny. Dr. Doom speaks with a, a Middle Eastern accent, what? Uh, not a Middle Eastern, Middle Euro, uh, Eastern European, not a Middle Eastern accent. That would make Did no they sense. They move Latveria to the, uh, yeah. the, the Gulf Coast. <laughs> yeah. To Saudi Arabia. Yeah. No, not exactly. Um, but yeah, it was a, I, I mean, I'm liking it so far, but um, one thing that I, I heard and I immediately said, no, you just didn't do that. Um, Monica Rambeau's character of Captain Marvel, which was introduced in 1982, uh, is referred to this as Spectrum, which is what the character is currently what? known as. Yeah. Yeah. They changed uh, that. They changed on. that. I did not appreciate that in any way, shape or form. I kind of banged my fist on the side of the cars. I know you did, did do not. That? Uh, it's terrible because I think anybody who's listening to it, are probably people like us. Yeah. And so why why pervert that and, and and retcon that for absolutely no good reason just because now that's the, now Brie Larson is that character. Yet there are other characters in Secret Wars that don't exist in the MCU or are contradictory. Titania um, is Titania in that cuz it's not uh, uh you know it's not what's her name from She-Hulk, right? Oh yeah. Well, I haven't gotten that far, but yes, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised, but um Molecule but yeah, I, I will I will it's about uh, this one was it's about six hours long, so I'll, I'll listen to it over the next several months. Uh, Maybe a little bit on the drive here, so we'll see. But but I'm just kind of enjoying that. So um so that, yeah so that's listening to audio uh, over on Paramount Plus. The the legacy, the dynasty of Taylor Sheridan continues. But the, the dude really does diversify. He's doing something different. Uh, he is now doing a military drama, a spec ops drama called Lioness, starring Zoe Saldana as a badass. Uh, handler uh, for the CIA slash, you know, uh, elite military unit. Uh, she recruits somebody new uh, who is rescued out of a very Tyler Sheridan-ish kind of situation. Ex-stripper, uh, boyfriend who's a drug dealer, uh, runs away, but then, you know, runs right in the arms of the United States Marine Corps. Runs a cattle ranch. Runs, yep, yep, they do that too. And, uh, but no, Zo yeah, Zoe Saldana is, uh, you know, she's much like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like in True Lies. Nobody in her family knows what she does. Um, and she she goes home to her husband and two kids. Surprising amount of nudity out of Zoe Saldana. So yeah, just, really? yeah, I was and on a streamer too. It was that was also the case in 1923. There was full frontal, full frontal nudity of one of the female characters. And I was like, wait, Nicole really Kidman's in this too. Nicole Nicole Kidman is not. You're thinking of it, it was Helen Murren, so it was her, you know, 80 year old. 
I know, but she's in this though. Nicole Kidman's in this. Though. That is correct. Yes, she is the okay. handler's handler. Uh, uh, Nicole Kidman was not naked. No, it was Zoe Saldana. So that was that was kind of surprising. No, I didn't ask for Helen Mirren to be naked. No, well, times. I was talking about 1923, and then you, oh. you pivoted backwards. Uh, but no, Harrison um, Ford had full frontal nudity. Yep, that, you got to though. see the shriveled balls as much as humanly possible. <laughs> uh, but no, this is on this is on uh, Paramount Plus. It's a weekly release. Comes out on Sunday. I think two episodes are out now, um, and I'm digging it. But you know, again, I like the guy's style, but if you enjoy your Jack Reachers or your um, Zero Dark Thirty or your uh, what's the one with Tina Fey, uh, Oscar Foxtrot something or other, you know the one I'm talking about. No, I don't because I didn't watch it, but I assume you know what you're talking about, so I'll agree. I think so. Yes, but yeah, I agree. Yes, Charlie. It's, yes, it's, right. it's basically it's your Black Hawk Down, Black Ops, military stuff, you know, in the Middle East, you know, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, it's very cool riveting uh april loves it like she loves the 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 uh not jack mm. reacher but jack ryan which i kind of gave up on um but yeah no it's kind of cool i like it so i would i would i would recommend checking it out so i'm gonna ask a question charlie this Here is a metaphysical question is julie uh well is is tina fey our generation's julia louis dreyfus or vice versa or vice versa, moving backwards in time. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I, I mean, I haven't, seen, of, she, I haven't I seen Julia, we are. Julia Louis-Dreyfus in a super dramatic role that I can think of. Because Tina Fey, we know she's now branching uh, out. And, well, we had what's it called? Uh, Veep. And then we had. Um, yeah, the, but even Countess, that was even that Countess, was, a, I guess. was a lot more satirical. So I don't know. I, I don't know why you're asking. Tina Fey's not in this. Tina Fey in yes. the MCU is what I'm saying. Charlie. Oh, I gotcha. Who, who could she be? Um, I'm going to make her Madam Viper. Oh, Madam Hydra. I like it. The Viper. Yes. Very cool. But anyway, okay. Well, that is the end of the Geek Easy. Uh, time to get out that Air Qantas app. We're headed to the land down under. Hologram Tina and the mutants are waiting for a new game that Todd has threatened me with that I'm going to be in the hot seat. So let you know what? I'm game. Let's party. Thank you, Tina. The mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, we're doing a new sidebar project. I, I, was, I was, you know, doing a little bit of uh, brainstorming. I thought, you know, let's do something fun. We're going to call this the numbers game. So it's a look back at the box office of the years that end in three. 1973, 83, 93, 2003, and 2013. Bye. So it's going to be some questions to Charlie along the way. And I'm just going to be bringing everyone along the voyage of the box office. So I thought this could be fun. So I'm referencing a website called The Numbers, Charlie. This is a new website. They do a lot of box office. Uh, you know, you can do uh, spreadsheets. You can just, you know, extrapolate anything through the numbers for there. So um, the, the fun part about this is uh, The Numbers does not only like grosses, they do tickets sold. So this would tell you actually how many people Tickets. went to a film. Wow. Uh, wow. Some do uh, screens, like how many actual screens were um, was a movie on? That's a big thing. Like now there are more movie screens than ever. I think 5,000 is typically uh, the high point for movies. Yeah. And, and the, the numbers reduce every week that a movie's out because others right. replace it. So Tom right. Cruise is pissed off because every week that uh, Mission Impossible yeah, is out. Oppen yeah, Oppenheimer just came along and ate his IMAX out. lunch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but so we yeah. talk about like you know um, the uh, percent of the the box office where it plays. So yeah. I thought this would be fun to look back at different years and you know what was what was the look of the box office? How did they do? 
um, and we could go from there. So, um, Charlie and I'm, I'm going to ask you some questions. We're starting in the year 1973. Neither of us were born. Right. Um, so with that, um, it was an interesting year. Um, you know, there weren't a lot of genre films as we would say, but there were a lot of, you know, you know, the movies that typically did the best didn't always make sense from a lens of the world of America. This is all North America, Canada, um, and us primarily. So it was a mix of studios as well. So Charlie, I want to ask you a question. Um, in 1973, was a musical in the top 20? Yes. You're correct. Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, I was number that, that, 11. That or Cabaret, I would have guessed. Because was in number 11 at $24 million. Uh, 13 million tickets were sold. So if you think about that, like tickets were like a buck 25 at the time. Like, yeah, yeah, you'd have to get one of those all you see like in the greeting card store. Like you were born in 1976, which I was. A loaf of bread was, you know, 14 cents or whatever. 47 exactly. cents or something. Yeah. In the year 1973, um, George Lucas had a film. Uh, do you know what that ah, film was? American Graffiti. Great. Did you know where it landed? Can you um, guess where it landed in the box office? I would say within the top five. Correct. Uh, number three. It nice. made $115 million. Wow. So, and so that was 64 that was, million tickets. That was his first uh, commercial film yes. outside, yeah, student, outside of his uh, THX 1138, which was his student film. So, yeah, Correct. it's still five years before Star Wars. Correct. Did Al Pacino have a film that debuted in uh, the top 10? That was when Scorpio came out, right? Well, uh, Scorpio was then his film, but Serpico was. So very oh, good. Serpico. And that was December. My, even, my my brain said Serpico. Sorry. Yeah, so December. That was a big movie about a cop you know, investing in corruption. Yeah. Uh, big film. Uh, $27 million, 15 million tickets. So very wow. cool. Million um, tickets. Wow. So there we go. Um, did a Dirty Harry film occur in 1973? I think the first one was in 71. So I'm going to say the second one came out in 73. Absolutely. Magnum Force. Nice. Um, $44 million, 25 million tickets. The, um, uh, and the villain in the first Dirty Harry Mary in 71 was Andy Robinson, Garrick, who we were just talking about. One of, one of his very first roles, yeah. Were there any science fiction films in the top 10 that year? thinking the andromeda strain came out around that time but i feel like that was earlier so one of the planet i bet a planet of the apes sequel came out in the top 10 yeah wrong oh, uh, the my- highest performing science fiction film or genre film was number 21 westworld that uh, oh, only earned yeah. three million dollars and 1.6 million tickets but no yeah, it was a yeah. good thing no wonder so, that no um, wonder that went away for fifty years or forty years. Yes. So, uh, Charlie, uh, what was the highest ranking comedy in nineteen seventy three? Um, uh, b- 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 the Goodbye Girl. I don't know why that came to me. Okay, wrong. Uh, oh, number two, The Sting. Oh, uh, hundred fifty nine million dollars. Ninety. That was, million that was one of those that my my parents had the LP. 
So I know the image, but I don't think I've ever seen the film. But I know it goes do 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 Yeah, big time. Yeah, you know Robert Redford. Yeah, yeah. Heist film. Yeah, it might have been their first collaboration before Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. Oh, there you go. Yeah, very very cool. Um, other than that, let me see if there's any other things I want to call out. Um. Wow, that was a weird film. I didn't even know that was a film that existed, but I will go from there. Um, so Bruce Lee actually had a movie that uh, occurred this year. Um, how did it perform? Uh, I'm Top thinking between one through twenty-five. Enter the Dragon, maybe, and it was in the top. It was in the the top ten. Wrong, oh, but you're very close. Uh, yeah. Under the Dragon was uh, number 13. Oh, nice. $21 million, dollars, uh, 12 million tickets. So um, yeah. that is, the, 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 and I'll just go through really quick. The top 10 of 1973, The Exorcist, as we just talked about on the mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, $193 million, $109 million tickets sold. I mean, if you think about that, tickets are now $10, million, $10 a piece. $109 yeah. million tickets, we're talking about like over a billion dollars just in the U.S., we have right. not seen a movie do that strong since probably The Force Awakens right. or Endgame. Yeah. Uh, crazy. The Sting was number two. American Graffiti number three. Papillon, that was a uh, um, uh, Dustin Hoffman movie. Oh, uh, gotcha. It was a war criminal, I believe. A war prisoner. Uh, the Way We Were, uh, uh, oh, a romance babs. film. Yeah. Yes, at number five. Magnum Force, number six. Live and Let Die, a Bond film. Ah! Rob- by yeah. was uh, a song by Wings. Yeah, Robin Hood animated film, which is kind of crazy from Walt Disney. Number eight, Paper Moon. I believe that was. Um, uh, this is this a Neil Simon play? Maybe? No, the 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 Paper Moon was the young girl. Um, I can't remember her name. She was an, won an Oscar from it, and she was also Ryan O'Neill, I believe. In oh, there you go. Film, yes, and then Serpico number ten. There you nice. go. Nice. All right. Awesome. All right, so let's move on to the world of 1983 when we were born, Charlie. Or well, we were eight years old. We, 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 were, we, we were seven. We were, we were alive. Yes. Okay. So going from there, Charlie, um, it's it's very interesting to see how many tickets were sold. Um, this was a big year for box office. We were in the franchises and things. Yep. So I want you to tell me, Charlie, um, what was the highest ranking comedy? Of 1983. God, I have no clue. Did a, did a, did a Smokey and the Bandit come out that year? That was the only thing I could... Porky's! Porky's came out in 1983, or one uh, of them. Uh, Porky's did come out in 1983. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, but not that. Don't know. So I will tell you. Uh, the highest ranking comedy of 1983 was Tootsie. Oh, was, yeah, 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 yeah. It came out December 17th. 1982. Oh so it's weird that comedy would drop that. It was yeah. a smash. $136 million, but 43 In two million weeks. Dollars, but oh 43 oh. million tickets were sold. So I'm not sure how they calculate if it's yeah. like, that's the total run. But Charlie, these ticket numbers have almost gone in half by this oh. point. Oh. So less people are seeing movies, but because they're seeing more movies. I was going to say more, you know, things are spread out. And then yeah. this was this was really before the home video market took off, but it was very close. Absolutely. So it's it's you're, you're seeing people not see a movie 18 times, but you're right. seeing people see right. more movies. Uh, so and then the obviously the cost of tickets have gone up. I mean, right. you're thinking tickets now are probably averaging probably close to three, two three, and four a bucks. half. Yeah. Two point five. 
dollars. Two point five dollars. There we go. Give me um, my point five dollars. Yes, Charlie. What was the highest ranking drama film of nineteen eighty three? Um, Terms of Endearment. I feel like came out that year. Did not come out that year. Ah, uh, okay. What is it? Um, it is Flashdance. This movie about a girl to, who uh, is a welder. Just a, a steel-town girl on a Saturday night. Just wants to dance. Uh, one of the best soundtracks you can oh, think yeah. of. What Bam, a feeling. Ma- Maniac, Bam, I believe, was that soundtrack. Yeah, made Michael 90, Sambello. Yeah. Made $90 million, sold $28 million, $28 million tickets. I wow. mean, talk about a, a crazy movie. Uh, I, a podcast I listened to, they talked about this movie, and just they're like, this girl had it all. She was a welder, wanted to be, uh, a, a, you know, wanted to be a dancer. She lived in this big business a building. Oh, right. right. Big old warehouse she, or whatever, she was 18 yeah. years old. I'm like, people that went to college can't even afford that type of lifestyle. So she right. was like a charmed life, you know. It, re- it, it really yeah. helps when you're staring in a movie. Exactly. <laughs> so, Charlie. Um, so with that, uh, what was the highest ranked? Um, oh, we're going to go with this. Um, musical that year musical did grease 2 come out that year oh god i don't even know um yeah i grease 2 is going to be my guess i just i i can't i can't think of anything staying alive john travolta going back to the well learning how to to jazzercise and rather than dance number two Frank Stallone. Stallone. Exactly. Uh, uh, made soundtrack, yeah. $63 million. If you think about that, that would have been like $300 million today. Uh, you know what? It's, it's a great flick, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't 20 million tickets. There. I mean, Golly. $10 a ticket. That's $200 million. Yeah. That's a big deal. Um, what was the highest ranked um, thriller suspense film of 1983? Man, multiple choice would help with this. In 83, um, Witness? No, it was 84. Yeah, Witness. There we go. There's my my Harrison Ford guess. You're about two years too early. Damn. Um, It would have been War Games, Charlie, with uh, Matthew Broderick. Oh, Uh, man. uh, Nice. Would you like to play a game? Exactly. Made $74 million, 23 million tickets. So with that, Charlie, um, were there any superhero or fantasy films in the year of 1983 in the top 25? Uh, I can think of two genre films. Um, maybe not a superhero film, but of course, Return of the Jedi and Superman three, which I just watched the other day. You are correct. Uh, so uh, Return of the Jedi was number one, $249 million, uh, 79 million tickets. That is essentially roughly double the number of tickets that people went to see Tootsie. Uh, Mm. so kind of crazy from there. Uh, but Superman three, uh, did not break the top 10. It was number 11. Oh, bummer. Came out in June, um, made $60 million, uh, less than National Lampoon's, Lampoon's Vacation, which oh, is gotcha. kind of crazy, um, which was, it was 10. It, Superman 3 is a very offbeat film. I, yes. I, we, were, oh, yeah. I, we were having a conversation about it with some friends, and I'm like, we should yeah. watch that. And I love Richard Pryor, so that's what drove my yeah. interest. Yeah, it sold 19 million tickets. It's, it's funny because the top six, there is literally only 
five million dollars between the top wow. six and top 11 movies so it's it's it's, it's really a, a cluster of like movies yes. of did okay uh right, which right. is just really funny so yeah it was an interesting uh, year in box office because we did have oscar winners gandhi launched that year oh, yeah, 13 yeah. comedies like 48 hours as well big chill terms of endearment blue thunder jaws 3d charlie really crazy um et like even the second Maybe, year out because oh, right. it came out in 82 it still was the 21st ranked movie a year later because yeah because it's, it's like the, it's like the original star wars was in theaters for two years because that's the only way that people saw it you know exactly. it, it, it didn't make its way to tv there was no home video market yeah. so yeah that was the only way people saw stuff like, let's go see et for the 48th time exactly sure, why not? Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, ET actually in the second year still beat out Porky's two the next day. Oh, boo! Um, exactly, and it's funny because Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. This is funny because that movie was re-released. Even a movie that had been out for fifty years still in its re-release made thirty million dollars. That wow, was the time when it was like you didn't know when you would see these films again. Right. So really, that was the Back only into the vault. Anim- yeah. And that was the only animated film of 1983 really wow. that broke the top. I mean, The Dark Crystal was at number 38. So crazy year. It yeah. was kind of interesting to the top 10 really quickly. Star Wars, number one. Tootsie, number two. Flashdance, number three. Trading Places, number four. War Games, five. Six, Octopussy, Bond. Uh, Mr. Mom, number seven. Staying oh. Alive, eight. Risky Business, nine. Tom Cruise, yep. and 10. National Lampoon's Vacation. Moving oh, on awesome. to 1993, right. Charlie. Uh, Jurassic, Jurassic Park is the first answer. Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. So this is an interesting year because yeah. we did get like, you know, some big movies. This was my senior of high school. So yeah. kind of a, a crazy year. So this is very in forefront of my brain in yeah. regards to this movie. So in that lens, Charlie, um, what is the number one ranked thriller suspense movie of 1993? Um. Basic Instinct was the year before. Um, Single White Female was the year before that. So I'm going to go with... Sarah Stone had another movie called Sliver. That I feel like that came out in that. Yeah, that was, that's the only one I can think of. I know that's not was it. Was that Baldwin in that one, too? I yeah. Think. yeah, yeah. All those screens. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah, nope. but no, I, I'm striking out. What is it? Ah, uh, the Fugitive, Harrison oh, Ford, the remake of the TV series. Yes, I don't, yeah, I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. Yeah, hundred and eighty-three million dollars. Tommy Lee Jones, uh, uh, forty-four million tickets sold. Oh Charlie. God, great flick, one of my faves. And the the sequel to that, U.S. Marshals, I adore that film. Uh, really, Tommy yeah. Lee Jones won an Oscar for that film. Crazy, really? Yeah, he did. Yes. Oh boy, yeah. I love, I love, I love both of those films. Actually, that's one I have. I have it on a a double disc. It was when right. you bought DVDs and they come together. So anyway, all right. What's next? So Charlie, what was the number one comedy movie of 1993? Oh my gosh, I'm gonna kick myself because I saw so many movies back then. It was my junior year of high school. Um, I should have you give this to me in multiple. Charlie choices. saw these movies by himself. No date. No, Todd, that's you. You go, you, you go to see movies by yourself. I went with my mother. <laughs> oh, that was right. That was your date of the time. Yes, yes. exactly. Uh, oh, I forgot. My mother was my mother was not visiting me at Michigan State. Or, oh, my gosh. On, on movie um, dates with me. Let's see here. No, top of 93 was um, of a comedy was Ace Ventura was the year after. This is so embarrassing. Three, two, one. Don't got it. Choose. 
Okay. That would be Mrs. Doubtfire, number five, Charlie. Oh, I Nick thought that came out in 94. $122 million, sold 29 million tickets. Robin Williams in drag is awesome. a audience draw. That is a recipe for success. All right, what else you got? Okay. Uh, what was the number one romantic comedy of 1993? Uh, it wouldn't. Uh, uh, not Sleepless in Seattle. My God, how am I just losing all these for a year when I was uh, when I was a, a young adult? Oh my God. Um. Oh my God, this is good. I'm going to say Sleepless in Seattle, but it's wrong. You're right. Whoa, Charlie! I thought that was came out ninety two million dollars, thirty million nice. tickets. It's really, great, really good. It's a great flick. Yeah, it's great was flick. there an animated movie in the top ten? I don't think so. You're wrong. Aladdin oh. was number eight. Oh. Was still on fire. $93 million. Oh, my goodness. Million tickets sold. Uh, did Steve, uh, did um, Sylvester Stallone have a movie? Yes. Cliffhanger. You're right. Number nine. $84 million. 20 million tickets. So, Charlie, another question to follow up. Um, wow, there's some interesting films here um, that were in the top ten. But I'm going to go a little deeper. I'm going to go top 20. Ooh, um, okay. Charlie, what was. Ooh, we'll go with this. Um, did Tom Cruise have a movie in the top 10 this year? Oh, my gosh. What was he in? Days of Thunder was in 1990. Far and away? Or that was 92. Damn. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go. With a story of Irish oppression leading to happiness. No, oh. uh, he did not have a movie. Oh, yep. He was be, he was between movies. Yeah. But he did have a movie at number 13. OK, a few good men. Oh. A movie like that. What am I? He, that movie came out in 92, though. That is one of my favorite. Films. How? So yes. December 92. So we had, yeah. a, had a crossover. So you're yeah. absolutely right. What a, I watched yeah. that movie recently for the first time in a very long time, and it still holds up. Still yes, so good. Yes, yes, very good. And yes, it yes, gave so way to Todd, your favorite Donald Belsario program, Jag. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, Tom Cruise is just, you know, he's disappointed he couldn't appear in that. So there you go. That's 1993. I'll go through the top 10 there. Uh, number one, Jurassic Park. Duh. $338 million. That was, yeah, that was a big deal. I remember seeing that right before my graduation party. The yeah. Fugitive, number two, 183. Uh, the Firm, $158 million. Firm. The firm was Tom Cruise, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah, so, he I did. guess I lied. So, he yeah. didn't have a movie. But yeah. I but I missed it, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sleepless in Seattle, number four, at $126 million. Just Delphire, 122 Decent Proposal, 106 Remember that movie? Yeah, yeah, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> Robert Redford wanted a, it was a poon wanted a, Yeah, <laughs> wanted to get Demi Moore. Yeah, nice. Uh, poor, 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 uh, yeah. Poor yeah. Woody. Uh, yeah. In the Line of Fire. Oh, my goodness. Oh, uh, that was uh, Clint, Clint Eastwood and Rene Russo. Great flick. Exactly. And Malkovich I think was, was um, the villain. Malkovich yeah. was the villain, yeah. It was with a plastic gun. Uh, yeah. Don't use that, folks. Don't use a plastic gun. Uh, right. uh, Latin number eight at a 93 million cliffhanger 
at 84 and Free Willy, Charlie. Free Willy. $77 million. Was Free Willy Disney or was that early DreamWorks? I can't remember. Uh, Free Willy was Warner Brothers. Ah, gotcha. The hurting Warner Brothers. The the biggest sting of the summer is Warner Brothers. So, Charlie, now we're getting to modern times. Oh, three. Oh, one of them is one of them's got to be Daredevil. Oh, my goodness. So, Charlie. in the year of nineteen uh, of two thousand three, um, what was the highest ranked musical? Chicago. Absolutely! Ding, 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 ding! Nice. Oh my goodness! Yes, this came out December two thousand two. So yeah, most of its earnings came out in two thousand three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred sixty-one million dollars, twenty-six million dollars, twenty-six million tickets. Nice. All right. So Charlie, with that, what was the highest? ranked comedy of 2003 oh meet the parents i feel no. like that. no okay the highest ranked comedy of 2003 was bruce almighty oh, this would be jim carrey gotcha. acting as god given the powers of god from universal studios 242 million dollars no 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 he didn't get them from universal studios he got them from morgan freeman Yes, yes. 40 million tickets sold. So, Charlie, at this point, what was the highest ranked genre film? Um, I'm going to go with the Matrix sequel or Daredevil. All all right. So if we're excluding animation, Uh that would be. Oh, this is a hard one. I guess you'd say it's the Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh my gosh! Yes, God, uh, I love it. Uh, oh, yeah, Stranger Tires. So, so, which one was this? Oh, it was it, no, the, th- no, we cursed the back girl. You're yeah, the first right. one. The first one. Yep, yeah. the first one. Uh, Three hundred five million dollars. Oh, nice. Million. Yeah, good. Yeah, so you see the tickets dropping. I mean, the hop one sold fifty-six million tickets sold. Home video, but still pre-streaming, obviously. Absolutely. So, Charlie, what was the the top performing drama in 2003. Oh, boy. Golly. Um, Got to be some serious Oscar bait. We were, it was way past the English patient. Um, damn. I have, I have no idea. You got oh, me there. <laughs> you didn't think Seabiscuit was involved in this? <laughs> Toby Maguire, Seabiscuit. In his... Uh, First post-Spider-Man stab at a yes. serious role. Yeah. A man and his horse. Uh, this was uh, by Universal Studios. $120 million. 19 million tickets. There you wow. go. Wow. Uh, so, Charlie, were there any superhero films in the year 2003 that oh, landed at the box office? Absolutely. A Daredevil definitely comes to mind. Um, the Matrix, re- maybe Reloaded, comes to mind. Superhero? as a genre film. Um yeah, I'm thinking of those two. Okay, so you would be wrong. Oh, so Daredevil <laughs> down at number twenty-five. Wow, that was a bomb. Million dollars. I, I guess I thought that was more successful. Uh, well, you know, one hundred two million dollars in in two thousand. Well, it's it's, it's yeah, technically, what's considered a a blockbuster, which would be a film that makes under, yeah. over hundred million dollars was considered blockbuster back That's in the old good days. Back in the day, seventeen yeah. million tickets. No, the highest performing superhero film. 
X2, X-Men United. Oh my god. What my, my favorite of the old guard X-Men films. 214 million. Yeah. 35 million. It's so great flick. Filmed yes. filmed and set in Canada. Yes, Charlie. So um a good question to follow up with that is what is the top performing action film in 2003 um that was not the the first year of the fast and the furious was was that tokyo drift no that wouldn't have been a big hit oh i'm striking out hit me okay the Matrix Reloaded. Oh, that was uh, one of my previous answers. Oh, I man. In, I think I finally saw this in film. I was in Saudi Arabia coming home. Yeah. I think I finally saw it in the film, uh, the, in, the, in the actual theater. $281 million. Good for them. Million tickets. Yeah, number yeah. four. Wow. I, I, I knew it was a big hit that, that year. I just I didn't really know where to plug it in. So, okay. Exactly. So then, Will, it's funny because uh, – that is a strange one because the Matrix Revolutions opened up like literally six months later and was number 11. Yeah. Uh, and did like half the business. So people yeah. were done with the Matrix at that point. Done. Um, yes, exactly. So, Charlie, uh, with that, um, I'm looking for one other point here because it's, it's interesting because the genres change. I'm um, looking for something other than, okay, what is the number one romantic comedy in 2003? my big fat Greek wedding. Wrong. How to lose a guy in 10 days. Oh, no. We got Kate and Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yeah. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. $105 yeah. million, dollars, 17 million tickets and it's funny because you got no special effects in that except unless you like can i believe that people can't fall in love that are beautiful and that's yes. a lot of like you know that's, magic that, rather than that's you know. the, that's the special effect it's yes, spectacular yes, exactly oh exactly so with that charlie um i think that brings me back in um were there any other superhero films in the top 20 in the year 2003 we we covered X Men. We covered. We, we're not up to Fantastic Four yet. Uh, there was not a Spider Man. That was an 04. Not Superman. Not Batman. No, I don't think so. The Hulk was number fourteen. Charlie. Uh, Eric, Eric Universal Man Studios. Yep, yeah, one hundred thirty-two yep. million dollars. 21 million tickets. And and shame on me because, uh, you know, uh, the female in that is Jennifer Connelly, and she has always been on my hall pass list. Oh, she's fantastic. Absolutely. So last question in the year 2003, Charlie. What was the top-ranking horror film in 2003? Um, Was that the year of the – that might have been the year of the ring. Might have been. Could have been. Uh, not so much. Uh, no, or, oh, wait, there was that one with Sarah Michelle Geller. It was the Japanese adaptation, but I can't remember the name of it. Go ahead, please. Freddy versus Jason, 2003. Oh, $82 million. I'm sure another, million I, I'm sure another Canadian classic as far as where it was filmed. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I believe that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre had a release. So I'll give you the top 10 of okay. 2003. Finding Nemo number one, oh, $339 million. Price of Caribbean, the Black Cur- uh, like 
Pearl. Curse of the Black uh, Pearl. Yes, yes. Three hundred five. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, this oh yeah. The, uh, wow. If this would have been the Return of the King. That was a total of two ninety at forty eight million tickets sold. The Matrix sold number four at two eighty one. Bruce Almighty two forty two. X two X Men United two hundred fourteen. Elf one hundred seventy million dollars for a holiday film. Chicago. Oh, Chicago number eight at 161. Terminator three. Rise of the Machines. Oh, Charlie. that's a good flick, too. I enjoyed That was the last one that I thought was enjoyable. Yes, and yeah. a blonde Terminator that we don't yeah. remember that woman's name. Christiana Loken. Yes, there you go. And Bad Boys 2. Oh, yeah. Million the, se- the, the sequel that wasn't worth it. Mm. Absolutely. Now we get into 2013. This is ah, really yes. close in everybody's brain. Oh, very good. The world is a different place. Totally. And it's very interesting. We, ha- we, ha- we have the MCU. So that, you know, that's Charlie, we've gone from films. like 1973, over 100 million tickets sold down to this year in 2013, only 50 million tickets for, sold. For, the, so for the top film. Wow. So, yeah. So literally half of the people are seeing a movie with meaning probably less times yeah. or they yeah. can wait till it comes out on DVD or video. Right. I mean, so many things have changed in the world and plus the cost. I mean, oh, if yes. I look at this differential um, tickets are now averaging probably close to $8 per film versus when we started about a buck a piece. Yeah. Right. So that's that's wild. huge. Wild in, um, I mean, if you talk about in 40 years, that's eight X inflation. Gosh, crazy. Mm-hmm. So we'll go from there, Charlie. So yeah, yeah. what was so what was the top rated comedy of 2013? I can't think of a comedy from 2013. Ouch. What you got? That hurts my soul, Charlie, because we saw this in the theater together. That would be 2013's The Heat when we were checking out chicago oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what it was it? wizard was it wizard world at the time yeah melissa mccarthy and bateman yeah that was, that was a fun flick and sandra bernhardt or sandra sandra bernhardt <laughs> no sandra... Sa- Sa- sandy bullock yeah that was their yeah, movie. there you go yeah it was great yeah that great movie paul feig there you go yeah. but that was um number 15 159 million dollars oh, 19 million in that's, tickets that's a tight that's a tidy profit i'll bet so what was the was there a musical in the top 10 in 2013 13 um i don't think so i don't have one Wrong. frozen was a musical charlie that was number four 296 million dollars wow yeah that that was a juggernaut but again you know i I know my kids liked it but i i didn't have to go see it so maybe that's why it's not resonating 36 million tickets sold i enjoyed it i can't remember if i saw it i must have seen it in theater because we enjoyed the movie but my son was at the time he would have been eight years yeah 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 Yeah, right around there Yeah, yeah absolutely so with that charlie uh what was the top thriller suspense movie of 2013 mm. we were getting into the uh the ins- oh, oh maybe one of the maybe insidious we were in that vein or annabelle you know that kind of well, that'd be horror so oh you said thriller um suspense yeah so i'm thinking of like more adult like action you know that those type of you know movies uh, I'm, dr- I'm drawing a blank 
it would be very hard to think about this film, but it's Gravity. Uh, this movie oh, came yeah. out in 2013. Yeah, uh, San- $25 million, yeah, dollars, $31 San- million. Six. Sandy Bullock and then her hallucination of um, uh, George Clooney are, are the only two actors in the film. That's what I remember. Absolutely. Um, so what was the top horror film of 2013? Um In, I'll go with Insidious. I think that came out that year. Wrong. The Conjuring, but same oh, wheelhouse. There yes, you go. So close. I knew it. Yes. Yeah. I, and when I said it, I was thinking of The Conjuring because I'm thinking that's one with. Uh, with Lil, yeah. Lily Taylor and uh, and uh, Ron, uh, you know, the guy from Office Ron Space. Burgundy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I'm, yeah. I'm Ron Burgundy. Boo. Ghosts don't scare me. Oops. I pooped my pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, the Conjuring, $137 million. Nice. Almost 17 million tickets sold. Um, so, Charlie, um, this is kind of crazy. Um, was there a um, fictional novel in the top 10? Uh, a fictional? Yeah, think, like, fictional novel. Oh, yeah. Like, genre. Uh, the, 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 the Notebook. The um, Notebook. You'd be wrong. Oh, damn it. Um, so when I think fictional novel, I think of like um, one of those would be actually this is a weird one because there's two actually in the top ten. Oz the Great and Powerful. So this is the Frank L. Baum. This yeah, is the yeah. one with uh, James Franco and I think Mina. Mia. Yeah, Mila. Yeah. 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 Uh, Oz the Great and Powerful. That was Disney. $234 million and 20 million targets. And then The Hobbit, The Destination of Smog. Uh, Smog. Smog. Yes. Yeah. In, uh, $228 million and 28 million tickets. Were there any science fiction movies in the top 20 of that year? That was before we got Star Wars back. Uh, yeah, Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Came Absolutely, Charlie. Good job. The absolute worst Star Trek film of all time. Oh, really? Not Nemesis? Yeah, I would say this was worse. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, well... You know, you, you you straddle a thin line, but they're they're both incredibly bad. Yeah, Not you know good. what? You yeah. know what? I I well, no, I I I almost can't compare them because they're they're so bad in different ways, but they're both just so god awful. Okay. Yeah, it's a tough one. Okay, two hundred twenty million, twenty eight million tickets sold. Um, okay, with that, uh, then we look at uh, everything that's in here, Charlie. Um, is there a movie in 2013 that had a sequel that released this year? Yes. Captain America, the Winter Soldier was a sequel. Uh, Charlie, you'd be wrong. Well, it was a sequel. Uh, but it wasn't this year. Um, that, Iron Man 3 oh, that came was, out that was this in year. 14. Ah, Cap was in yes, 14. Yes, yes. Yeah. Iron ah, Man 3 came it. out this year, and it That's was right. the top film. But um, you did get, oh, this is fun, Fast and Furious 6 Yoo-hoo! that came out this year. Oh, Fast 10, you got 6 this year. Um, this is right in the cusp of this movie just going insane. That was at $238 million. And they, they were still raking million. it in, and and now Chicken. they're now they might not even crack the top 10 for this summer. Absolutely, Charlie. So last question. 
um, in regards to this. I, I'm trying to think if there's anything else here on the Vine that we could go into. Oh, yes. What was the highest ranking drama of 2013? Oh, gosh. What 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 took home the big statuette? Was it uh, Room with uh, Nicole Kidman? That was a big one. Nope. It would be the Great Gatsby. Oh, yeah. Leo DiCaprio and a few other uh, people, people that I Margot yes, Robbie. Maybe yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Toby uh, McGuire oh, and Toby, yeah, in yeah. as well. I didn't see the movie. Just didn't really I care. See, I, I've seen it, but it's just it's no different than reading the damn book. Absolutely. Didn't really blow, didn't it really made one hundred forty-four million dollars and seventeen million tickets, almost eighteen million tickets. So there we go, folks. And uh, I will go through the top ten of twenty thirteen really quickly. Iron Man three, four hundred eight million dollars, fifty million tickets sold. Hunger Games, Catching Fire, four hundred seven million, fifty million tickets. Despicable Me two, three sixty seven and forty five million tickets. Frozen. At 296, 36 million tickets. Man of Steel, DC shows up. Oh, uh, yeah. Which was a good, good film. Look. I enjoyed it, but had some problems. Oh, yes. At 91 and 35 million tickets. Monster University, 268, 33 million tickets. Gravity, 255 million and 31 million tickets. Fast and Furious 6 at 238 million dollars. 29 million tickets. Oz and the Great Powerful at 234 and a million dollars and 28 million tickets. And The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog, 228 million dollars and 28 million tickets. And with that, Charlie, I'm going to pause here. I got to go bathroom really quick and I'll be back. Okay. Weird time. We ate late and then now I'm like, oh, it's nine o'clock. Not eight either. All right. Okay. Here we go. Okay. I will. We're back. Oh, well. That is the year in box office in years ending in three, Charlie. So we'll 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 see if this. Hopefully, we enjoyed this. If you have you know ideas on what we can do in these weird days where there's not much happening, yeah, we can cover a topic that could be a lot of fun. So hopefully, you didn't feel like I was putting in the spot, Charlie. You did very well. That's good. Well, I I I feel like I started strong and fell off, but you know, it would be a cool one next. Maybe like year a superhero popped up. You know, like hey, it's 1962 here's like give me but give me multiple choice you know what i mean okay okay yeah like here's here's uh you know four and we'll do you know every you know 10 years or something like starting 1950 here's four characters one of them it was their first year so yeah that'd be fun i take yeah we'll see how that yeah we'll see how that goes but good job charlie looking at the back at the box office of these years uh we'll do more weird games as we look forward to it if you have suggestions on games we should do yes let us know because we're always looking for new uh games and more topics to pursue yes indeedly doodly and you can do that by hitting us up uh over at twitter at uh secret friends you but anyway friends as always thank you for joining us todd where do people find you out there oh they find me on uh at tioxtra on twitter i'm also on threads um i may be looking at blue sky as well um and especially my fantasy football draft starts in august charlie so i'm going to be really excited about the world of the nfl and college sports so we'll i'll probably be doing most of my stuff there but i really want people to check out our patreon yes please uh, patreon.com slash secret friends unite i also want people to check out our website where we have a lot of good stuff there i try to put all our video on the main page i've been a little lagged on that because i got a new computer and then i also want people to check out also 
our, you know, just our feeds and give yeah, us please. reviews on all of our podcasts as well to let us know what you like, what you don't like, and what you'd like more of. Precisely. And you can find me, of course, over on Twitter at the C3. That's where you find me a lot of the time. My wife, April, and I do run the USS Grand Petoskey, which we are taking on the road to Star Trek Las Vegas starting tomorrow morning. Um, but we are the uh, one of the largest chapters of the International Star Trek Fan Club in the world, based here in West Michigan. I actually also run Region 13, which is Michigan and Eastern Canada, if you're a trekker within the sound of my voice. I would like to meet a tr- hot young singles in your area. No, I mean trekkers in your area. Uh, drop us a line from that website or any of our socials, and we will connect your dots, as it were. No, don't do that. Um, But with that, friends, as always, uh, once again, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring, and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In the truck. Tyrone, call me back, because I want to hear from you, because you might be a clone. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit SecretFriendsUnite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at SecretFriendsU on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.